0: You're listening to Martin Wolf's podcast from the Financial Times. The plight of Northern Rock remains a huge embarrassment for both the UK's policymakers and its financial sector. The authorities confronted a bank run only to end up guaranteeing the bank's deposits and funding at least £20 billion of its liabilities so far. Many believe government subsidy will be needed if another institution is to be cajoled into taking Northern Rock over. Yet it still has positive value in the stock market. That is indeed remarkable. So who is to blame for the debacle, and what lessons should the UK learn from it? Let us call a spade a spade. The blame for the vulnerability of Northern Rock lies overwhelmingly with its management which do not seek to ensure their institution against disruption to its funding. The fact that it is the only significant UK bank whose financing imploded during the crisis demonstrates that its problems were specific and homegrown, not generic, and so the fault of others. How far are the authorities also to blame? Most critics believe the regulator, the Financial Services Authority, shoulders a good part of it. That is understandable, given the scale of the debacle, Yet what is not clear, at least to me, is what it should have done. Should it have compelled the bank to insure itself against the risk of a disruption to its liquidity? How far do we want regulators to micromanage institutions anyway? Would it not be better to let mismanaged institutions go under, while protecting small depositors effectively? Answer, yes it would. Many also argue that the Bank of England was at fault. It should, it is suggested, have provided liquidity to the market more generously against wider collateral and earlier. Mervyn King, Governor of the Bank, answered this broad criticism in his interview with Robert Peston, Business Editor of the BBC, on November the, on November the 6th. He remarked, The role of the Bank of England is not to do what banks ask us to do, it's to do what's in the interests of the country as a whole. Amen. Above all, in Mr King's view, and mine too, no such operation would have rescued Northern Rock, which the bank thought would need about £30 billion. It would have been impossible, he insists, to conceal such massive lending to one institution within more general liquidity provision. Moreover, such a provision would in all probability not have induced other banks already desperately determined to hoard liquidity and limit lending to finance Northern Rock on the needed scale. Thus the widespread criticism of the bank's stinginess in its approach to the markets is irrelevant to what happened to Northern Rock. Northern Rock was an accident waiting to happen. Yet is it then perhaps the Treasury that is to blame for not leaping in with the guarantee of deposits as soon as the news of the bank's lending came out? or providing a guarantee of funds to persuade another institution to take Northern Rock over. On the latter, at least, the Treasury was correct to say no. Of that I have no doubts. Mr King made it clear that he thought the Treasury was right not to lend £30 billion to another bank at bank rate, that is, at a subsidised rate, to fund a takeover of Northern Rock. That is not what governments should do. If we know anything about public involvement in business, we know that. It is scandalous that anybody in the City of London should think otherwise. In hindsight, however, it would have made sense for the Government to guarantee deposits as soon as the crisis became public on Friday, September 14th. If Northern Rock had been taken under public control at the same time, the bank lending would have been unnecessary. Shareholders would have been wiped out, as was appropriate for an institution needing such a public rescue. The business would then have been sold off in whole or in part, with any losses imposed on unsecured creditors, including the government. For this to have happened swiftly, however, there would have had to be different institutional arrangements. As almost everybody agrees, the UK needs a system of deposit insurance and bankruptcy for financial institutions similar to that of the US. Then small depositors would get their money at once, and the institution would be taken over as soon as it needed such a rescue. Such a change in the institutional framework is crucial. In this I agree with Willem Beuter in his comment on the FT's Economist Forum. But I am less persuaded that the transfer of responsibility for bank regulation to the Bank of England, or of lender of last resort responsibility to the FSA, would improve things. While coordination is indeed tricky in the present framework, there is a huge risk of capture once regulators also have the ability to lend to those they supervise. I also remain sceptical of Professor Boyd's proposed extension of the bank's role to becoming a true market maker of last resort. In any case, that would not have saved Northern Rock. The big lesson, happily, is that the huge errors seem to have been made by one institution. The urge to discover a public sector scapegoat for these private sector mistakes should stop. What is now needed is better and more effective deposit insurance and bankruptcy provisions. If these had existed, Northern Rock would now be in some form of public administration, and that is exactly where it should be today. Thank you for listening. To read Martin Wolf's columns online, please go to www.ft.com forward slash wolf.